Are you tired of not paying for your favorite product? Patreon.com slash Cast. What's a Patreon, you say? It's a website where fans can support their favorite content creators. <laughs> Sounds like a deal. 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 <laughs> this is only if you got the money. We got koozies. We got custom obituaries. We got stickers. We have movie commentaries that you download and watch with said movie. It's like you have friends in the room. What if I don't like history? You're wrong. You love history. How much money can I give? Anything will help. We like doing the show. We're going to do it anyway. Mike's losing us money at every corner. Roast Mortem Cast is here to help you take a load off that wallet. It's all been arranged just for us to get your money. I'm telling you that you need to give money to Roast Mortem Podcast so we can do it even better. Are you tired of exploiting these four men? Or you could even sponsor. You got a stupid-ass business? I'd love to talk about your business. Point to point. I'm too busy to read. Where can I find this podcast? So call today at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. That's R-O-A-S-T-M-O-R-T-E-M-C-A-S-T at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. Yeah, if you want to buy me a beer, that's cool too, you know. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Roast Mortem Podcast, the only podcast about pleasure all the time. Number one. Pleasure! I am Tom. I'm a Travis. I am your Cody for the evening. I'm Mike. Over the phone tonight, we got a special guest. We have Justin (gasps) Wang over the phone, as I just said. Whoa. Hey, what's going on, guys? What up? Hey, man. Thanks for joining us, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, that was great. Hello. Travis, really yes. quick, um, you're out there, you're in Portland, this is your third week now, right? Uh-huh. Um, how are you? Uh, you know, That's I just, good to um, hear. Uh, Cody, shut how's up, your I'm week? looking at trees. <laughs> same old, same old. <laughs> Nothing to report. Great. Mike, how was your week? Um, I almost died, I almost fell off a roof on, like, Thursday. Okay, we have to listen to this one. <laughs> Give it to me. No, I was, I was just working on a, I forgot what I was doing. <laughs> God damn it! Well, I mean, I guess if you almost died, that's the bigger part of the memory, yeah. so it makes sense. I was like cleaning this. I was working on this guy's roof, and I was cleaning the glass in front of his window. And I guess my, uh-huh. my feet got kind of like uh, from the the residue of the roof shingles got slippery, and I just slipped and almost like fucking belly flopped off the roof. Dude, mm. that that would have been a sick laser flip you could have done. Would have probably yeah. broke right my on back your head. Some shit. Yeah, I mean, what have we told you about being on roofs without your skateboard? Oh yeah, it's not cool. <laughs> not cool. Yeah, Justin, how was your week? Uh, pretty fucking good. Like I wasn't expecting to not sleep last night, but then I don't know if you guys are Tool fans, if you're into that band at all. But basically, last night there was a big shenanigan. Well, last night, as of us recording, it's not whenever it comes out. This hmm. big shenanigan where this guy was a Target employee, and he got the Tool album early, stole it, drove it across the Las Vegas strip because he didn't know how to rip a CD to some Redditor's <laughs> hotel room, ripped it, and then there was it was just like a whole caper, and I was like, I need to make a video about this now, because it's rare that something is like, something I cover is like right now, but it's like, I need to do this, I need to do this instead of sleeping. <laughs> so that's how my week was. Nice. People 
They're so hard for Tool. I don't. Well, yeah, no, it. Tom. Then like, you just then you just pulled out your bass, Tom, and you're like, they have all those like those cool album covers, right? Those, like, all like that. Well, yeah, yeah, that was great. Shit. Alex Gray is the sickest porn star. Wait, what? <laughs> she, she she makes some great artwork. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Multi talented. <laughs> Multi talented. Definitely made more than twelve thousand in a year. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh. yeah, because she's fiscally responsible. That's what I admire most about her. Where can we find you? Mentioned you, you do videos. What's uh, what's your name of your channel? What's up? My channel's called Wang, and I'm on YouTube. And the series most people watch on it is Tales from the Internet. Cool, cool, it's good stuff. I just watched the um, Angel Fire Visual K video the other day. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Kind of uh, an area I have no idea what's about. Duran Gray was the only band I, I had heard of off that list, and I heard a yeah. story about them. Really? South by Southwest, my manager at the time of my band, he was working at a venue, and they were playing the venue. And these people loaded up, the Duran Gray people, they had the, this crazy fan base that was just ready to suck dick or whatever. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. That's how... <laughs> how that fan base is and to get around the the venue wanting to take a cut of the merch they just pulled their van up front and sold everything cds Yo. 50 bucks 50 dollars cds um damn do we during graded yeah damn that's like that's like weirdly gangster for like a very big tour like international touring act like that's <laughs> yeah. like some shit a local band would do Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me get a CD. Let me get it. You want a signed CD? You want a signed CD? Yeah, like, y- yeah. you know, give me an A track. You see someone with the, you know, the, the bootlegs outside of the uh, of the Slayer show and they're holding them up and it's like, oh, it's actually the band and that's not a bootleg. Yeah. That's real as shit. Like, this is a band that literally plays the Tokyo Dome yeah. selling shit out of their car when they get to the U.S. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> that's I mean, fierce. Good on them. Make some money. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Tom, Um, what? Spider-Man DVD are we watching tonight? All right, Spider-Man DVD of the night. No. We're going to be roasting <coughs> Lou Pearlman on the chopping Yay. block. I have no idea who that is. Cool. Just right away. Before we get into this, hard-hitting uh-huh. questions. Um, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, or LFO? Which one's the best? Uh, I got a rigid boner for Backstreet Boys. I'm going to say NSYNC. Mm, yeah. LFO, all the way. Definitely Backstreet. They got the most karaokeable songs. Mm, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's that's the deciding factor when it comes to the boy <laughs> band, to me at least. They were probably still raking in royalties over that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm... I don't want to wait for last to be oh, Backstreet Boys, right? Yeah. That, uh-huh. We did the song. <laughs> I was like bye 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 bye. That's in sync. That's oh, your pick. I fucking yes. love that song. Yeah. Scat. Who knows? <laughs> So the reason I ask that is because Lou Pearlman is responsible for all three of those boy bands. Ooh. Um, oh, wait. What, was man. that the fucking... Okay, now I know who this is. <laughs> this is a good one. Okay. So basically, he's uh, a plus-size pedophile and okay. a Svengali supreme. Uh, if you don't know what a Svengali is, it means that's someone who manipulates and controls others. And uh, th- he was good at it. I'll give him oh. that. He, Wait, where does what does the word Svengali come from? I don't know. That's prob- I thought that was like a Swami or some shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a man. It's a man that puts hummus around his anus. Yeah, <laughs> and does what from there? Pray tell. Uh, you know, a little yoga. You know, slide the lubes. Oh, cheeks, touch the sun. Well, Horrific. I mean, in short, so 
Lou Pearlman, he's a fat piece of shit that scammed retirees out of millions of dollars and also touched young boys for a living. He's single-handedly responsible start. for the world's most powerful music force of the 90s, boy bands. Basically, uh, he was a plague on every father's wallets during the 90s. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> man, those poor wallets. Yeah, but he did wonders for hip clips. What Wait, about the Spice the, Girls? Was yo, hit clips are slept on. I no. feel like we're due for an ironic hit clip fucking resurrection. Yeah, I know. Everyone's all into vinyls. It's all about hip yeah. clips. <laughs> I mean, I only, clips. when I listen to a song, I only really need to listen to the chorus or the breakdown either. So, yeah, the good parts. Hip clips are those like 30 second like yak backs that clip onto your fanny pack and play back. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I haven't, I've have not thought of that in a decade. Now imagine this: we we upgrade the hit clips so it only plays that thirty four seconds of music or whatever, but it's like a, a hundred and twenty gig SD card, micro SD card, so it's just hundreds of songs and you never heard a whole one throughout the whole thing. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, they're, they're all still thirty seconds of the mm-hmm. song though. Yeah, great deal, great deal. All right, so this pudgy idiot was born June nineteenth, nineteen fifty four, in Queens, New York. Hey. <laughs> Represent. Uh, he was an only child, and his parents spoiled the shit out of him. Um, kind of like me. No, that's not true. I mean... <laughs> my dad My dad used to throw dirty uh, fucking plates in my bed. That's not spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> no, He's that's, like, that's dude, wash, wash the fucking dishes. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I just did it yesterday. I'd wake up, and there'd be fucking, like, sticky, syrupy plates all over my bed. Did you, did you make them sticky? Or were they oh, well, like yeah. that? I don't know. Man cannot tell his secrets, no lies. <laughs> your, da- your dad's a dick. Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, so uh, he wasn't a very active kid. Um, he sat in his room all day looking at LaGuardia Airport. Um, <laughs> wow. That was a nice chunk of his fat childhood. Uh, none of the other kids in school seemed to want to be around him at all. He was known... By his whole class to uh, spin a bit of a wild yarn. Oh, what yeah. does that mean? Uh, it means he told lies, oh, fibbed damn. stories, and fabricated Tall tales. Yeah. Spinning the yarn. Mm-hmm. A little nether Pinocchio. <laughs> Wait, you can't. <laughs> you gotta explain these things. You just... He's just a boy, you know. You have a nether Pinocchio. <laughs> He's learning about his body, and he has another Pinocchio. <laughs> well, like, this guy lied, and Pinocchio lied, too, so you know. <laughs> yeah, he's just walking around with his little tiny boner. Oh, it looks like you're oh, a liar. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> oh, I get it. so instead of his nose grows, his dick grows from lying. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah, you get hard from lying. That, that's, that's, that's a real sign of a sociopath. <laughs> how many times do we have to talk about this on the podcast? Like, how dangerous can your dong get? Do you want, are you going to lie until you're handicapped? <laughs> so you get erectile dysfunction? Yeah, you can't walk yep. through doors anymore? Anyway, he told a lie that um, he still Uh-oh. told until the day he died. Like, all the time. Dangerous uh, dong. He, he claimed that from a very young age, he purchased a paper route from a classmate. With that money, he then made his own paper routes, hiring other kids. So he basically had bought out paper routes, and then he asked his clients where he'd like the papers placed, and... Then eventually got a deal with Dunkin' Donuts, and basically he just fabricated this whole thing, and he told this story till the day he died, and he name-dropped the kid who he bought the paper route from. Uh-huh. We have him on, on record saying that uh, you couldn't sell paper routes. I don't know what he was talking about. 
Yeah, uh, that seemed a little weird to begin with, but it makes sense because he's a fucking nether Pinocchio. Yeah, and also as a as a pudgy boy myself, having an, an endorsement from Dunkin' Donuts, a wet dream. Yeah, I mean, like, who, who doesn't lie when they're a kid, but uh, yeah. I don't know. It went throughout his entire life. Ladies love munchkins. You know what it is? Lying about buying a paper route kind of seems like an adult lie, not a kid lie. Yeah, he could have made that up when he was... Yeah, probably probably when he was getting into his business school stuff. Oh, look at how much of an entrepreneur oh. I am. Who wants yeah. to get creamed? Yeah, I who feel like that's a thing. Like, all these guys who are, like, entrepreneur gurus, they have this story about how even as a kid, they were selling, like, baseball cards or fucking lemonade or some <laughs> shit. So yeah. that's, his, that's his tale for his book. They were selling doors door to door. Art of the deal. <laughs> Art of the deal, Pearlman boy. How I didn't eat all of Dunkin' Donuts. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> He told his classmates that he was related to Art Garfunkel of Simon and Garfunkel fame. He's a very rich, well-known, and extremely vanilla musician. Of course, nobody believed him at this point about his gangly relative. But then upon approaching Lou's fatteenth birthday, i.e. bar mitzvah time, <laughs> oh. Lou invited his doubting classmates to his bar mitzvah reception to eat gefilte fish and chocolate pudding. That's what happens at those. And, That's a great uh, combo. Yeah. Yeah. The kids had un- ended up going mostly because of the Art Garfunkel thing. They wanted to to see if he would actually show up because they were told, yeah, he's my cousin, blah, blah, blah. It turns out he's actually Art Garfunkel's cousin. Oh. Uh, oh. Garfunkel shows up. Everyone's like, yeah, it's the 60s. So this is sick. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, so that was kind of like Lou's. That was his. Uh, creme de creme to kind of like be like oh no see i tell the truth he always told wow. that story too um well, well what's a what's a semen and garfunkel song is that hello darkness my old friend yeah and <laughs> like i think you just that's a good one. you just like fully decoded the best way to get away with lying like if you have something totally unbelievable that's true then mm. anything that's under that level of believability you can lie about and get away with there you go. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's fuck. exactly it. If it's the most extreme thing on the scale, then who's to say all the things in between aren't just as true? Fucking Art Garfunkel. That's kind of like me fucking a plush raccoon. Totally a lie, right? Yeah. That, yeah, man. It's fine. Yeah, totally. dude. <laughs> fucking liar. Uh, not a lie at all. He has sex, uh, did have sex with a raccoon when he was younger. It was uh, plush, but no. it's not unheard of. No. Uh, totally a lie, obviously. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> I mean, they got those little hands like people, so. Oh, yeah, the, the opposable thumbs. <laughs> thank you, Justin. Right? I mean, it's a lie, but thank you. Yeah. I mean, he just dug <laughs> you in further. No, but I'm just, all right, whatever. Moving yeah. on. Keep talking about Pearlman, Pearl sure. Boy. Yeah, whatever. All right, so uh, either way, after this whole thing, the kid's childhood was just lonely. He would just sit in his room being all fat and gooey, watching uh-huh. blimps and airplanes take off from LaGuardia, imagining one day he himself could take the helm of one of these aircrafts in the future. Uh-oh. Yeah. He wanted to be a flyboy? Oh, dude, this guy, he believed he could fly. Oh. <laughs> Real okay. hard. Real hard. R. Kelly hard? I mean, I think you have to be soft to piss. Okay. Got yeah. it. No, you can be hard I see what you pee. did there. I mean, that's what you they d- tell you. You just gotta bend over. The sky is fat now. Now, he and one of his friends at the time, the only friend, uh, Alan Grossman, who is somehow even more into planes and blimps and whirlybirds than Lou was, um, 
They two, the two of them dreamt of starting their own aviation company. Lou took the first steps of making friends with an airport personnel, and then he enrolled into a school newspaper so he can get the credentials he needed to cover an event at, on the tarmac. Except Lou didn't actually do any of that. Alan did it all, and Lou kind of paunchily trailed along behind him. <laughs> he waddled. Yeah, exactly. Most likely covered in maple syrup. Oh. <laughs> what was the name of their of their future business? Gross Pearl. Oh, it's that... a pearl covered in shit. I've seen that and it sex flies. toy. That's what, that's what you get from a sandy vagina if you wait a little bit. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I've seen it. Oh, I hate this fat kid. Uh, <laughs> he's reminding me so far of the kid from Sandlot. We've dealt with people who. Uh, on this podcast, who have committed genocide? This is the yes. guy I like less than them. <laughs> oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> I just couldn't find anything redeemable. So Lou attended Queens College for business, as uh, business seemed to be the only thing he he'd be good at, or <laughs> he thought to be. During college, he and his friend Alan came up with a business plan: an air taxi service to uh, for rich people who wanted to get flown around in a whirly bird to get from golf course to golf course and uh, stay out of the uh, heroin-filled subways at the time. Uh. The business was somewhat sustainable, but Lou wanted more. So he talked to businessman Theodore Vollenkemper and convinced him to t- take him under his wing and learn the blimp ropes. Now, Theodore oh, Vollenkemper no. was uh, a German gentleman who had been in aviation his whole life, and at this point he was an, an older guy. Uh, he, he like, ran an airport in Germany or something. I don't know which one. Tom, can I just say that's the name of my uh, German industrial bl- band, uh, Blimp Ropes? Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm not talking about ropes that you tied things up with. Oh, you're shooting Blimp Ropes now? <laughs> shooting Blimp Ropes. <laughs> That's it's a great industrial band name. Okay, what's your shtick though? You 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 come out and drag or something like that? Well, you know how you know how uh, you know Ramstein's all in the fire. Yeah, yeah. It's a kind of like Ramstein, but then also kind of like Guar. We just shoot semen everywhere, blimp ropes, but and it floats. Yeah, it floats. Oh, oh, that's that's horrific. It's kind Did of you- a mix between semen and flubber. But the, like then they just like stay <laughs> airborne though and they'll touch the ground. It's like a big like. Girthy fucking mass of semen. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not a cum Can't bubble. Help. The whole thing is yeah. full. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like Robin Williams <laughs> is there. He we brought his corpse out, and he's like, "Oh, it's Flubber." <laughs> it's like the beginning of GI Joe the movie when yeah. that chick comes out of the lake and she's floating in the fucking bubble, and all the slime comes down, and she's like, "Oh, it's a girl in a robe." Dude, they actually well, got that. Ropes. They got that. <laughs> yeah, they they got that scene from one of our live shows, Blimp Ropes. So, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine the typography of your t-shirt. Just the fat Dude, font. Can't read it. So anyway, he gets some experience in the aviation field. Fantastic. So somehow, him and Alan, they put together a company, and they were able to get enough investors to lease a shitty blimp that they were going to sell ad space on. Their first oh, client... familiar. Their first client was Jordash Jeans. Oh. Lou leased this piece of shit blimp that was not only what he told Jordash he had, but was barely making it about 30 feet at a time in the air. Um, he ended up wow. spending about $100,000 fixing it up. On the maiden voyage, though, of this tiny, puny little Mauve Avenger colored blimp, the Jordash jeans blimp, this piece of shit crashes in a field just after takeoff. 
Oh, Jeez. man, it's a blimp. It wants oh. to stay in the fucking air. It's like, it's like the Hindenburg. Oh, the humanity! The Jordache jeans! Not my jeans! Wow. <laughs> There's a bit of a lawsuit happening between his company and Jordache. They're pretty pissed off about this. But then we find out that Lou had actually insured this thing for about $3 million and pulled a fantastic oh. insurance scam. Oh, smart man. Yeah, so he, he pulls this giant insurance scam. And sure enough, after all the suing back and forth, he comes out with about two hundred and uh, excuse me, $2.5 million. Wow. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Shit. So, uh, you know, you could do that if you want. I'm just letting <laughs> yeah, let listeners know. They can try Literally just that. failing upwards. Yeah, right? Wow. All about insurance. It's better than jumping down like escalators or something like that, trying to get that type of money. But you do that Dude, for I'll... free. <laughs> Sometimes. Dude, I love jumping up escalators. <laughs> <laughs> I want to jump up the escalators at my high school. <laughs> Did he do this? that one too? John, that's, John, that's John Mayer. That's John Sotomayor. Oh, is that a real song? Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the melody. I, I, right. You never forget a John Mayer melody, but uh, the lyrics. I, were I don't a little think I different. know a single John Mayer song. So like, you can, you can tell me anything as a John Mayer song, and I'll believe you. <laughs> All right, we're we're gonna test that later because there's a lot yeah. of music that's getting brought up here. So Lou and Alan they get their shit together again, and they formed Airship International, a new blimp company. He took the company public. And was able to raise three million dollars to buy a real blimp this time. Oh, good for him! Wait, this dude was trading on the stock market. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh my God, Blimp Boys. Hey, wait, did he start Blimpy? That's not. <laughs> oh, heroes. Anything to do with blimps. <laughs> I'm sure. Whatever you... happened to Blimpy? Blimpy's way better than Subway. First they still have them on Long Island, I think. They're around. Yeah. I haven't seen one in ever. Uh, I keep seeing dumb shit about Jimmy John's. What does? What's happening with them? Oh, people, like, remembered that the guy from Jimmy John's hunted elephants or some shit. Oh. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know what prompted people to bring that back up, because it was a thing everyone was mad about a year ago or so, and now they're mad again. Isn't, isn't there a picture of him, like, humping a shark naked or something like that? I think so, yeah. I think that's him, too. <laughs> yeah. I, wow. I, I love the Jimmy John's, John's elephant sandwich. It's one oh, of yeah. my favorite sandwiches. High in fiber and animal cruelty. Yeah, the complaint. I feel like elephant would taste good. It, it doesn't look like it tastes the animal, but then you think about what it looks like on the inside, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like maybe that might be like some like nice fatty bits. Yeah, I feel the more intelligent an animal is, the more delicious it is. All right, well, now you're now you're a cannibal. Yeah, you're talking about humans. Octopus is pretty good. Octopus yeah, that's is true. Delicious. My buddy was telling me about how like over in Greece they destroy those things, but like by hand. They go into the oh. water, they're like, oh, I'm hungry, and they go find an octopus next to a rock or something, and then bring it onto the shore and just beat the yeah. shit. Like yeah, and just, like, throw it on a fire. They're like, we have food now. <laughs> there was, uh, I, I heard the story years ago. I guess there's this traditional thing in Greece where you go with your family, and you get a turtle from the sea, and you smash it on a rock and eat the turtle. And apparently, this Greek family, they were tourists from America, but they went to Greece and did that. And they just happened to grab an endangered tortoise. Oh, oh. no. It was some crazy shit. <laughs> that's that's trouble. That's bad luck. Well, <laughs> I hope it tasted good. Yeah, it was delicious. It, it had to have been the best meal they ever had. That's a Mr. Burns <laughs> meal. <laughs> yeah. So, Lou goes public with his new company, 
And he told investors that he had partnered with the aforementioned businessman, the Theodore Volenkemper, with Airship International. That was false. He had no idea that was happening. But the company, since it was going public, he was able to make, make some money. From New York, he gained McDonald's as a client. That's a pretty big one. Wow. What? Yeah. And then he moved down to Orlando and was able to wrangle in MetLife and SeaWorld as clients. Ooh. Dude, what is this tubby all- boy doing? How? How do yeah. you do this? I don't. I feel like that old school art of bullshitting companies into giving you money is a lost art. Yeah, yeah. And we need real, to revive that. I don't know if business stopped working like that, or if our generation is just stupid when it comes to business. I feel like with the advent of the internet, it's easier to out bullshitters now. Oh, so, yeah. like back in the day, you could just say like, "Hey, I'm like a highly successful blimpineer." But, like, nowadays you can fucking Google it and see, like, oh, you've crashed everything, including your, your Yelp true. reviews and stuff. People our yeah. age can't give out proper hand jibbers. You know what I mean? <laughs> why, why is that, Travis? Uh, because we have super soft hands because we're always on the computer. And the key to a good hand jibber is rough, grisly, minor hands. Those sandpaper yeah. calluses. And when you say minor, you mean <laughs> the labor. Yeah, no, a minor <laughs> is in a cave. God, Minecraft. Those calluses on the hand. Yes. Cody, thanks Got for you. saving this podcast. <laughs> I'm here for all of you. But due to negligence and three crashed blimps, uh, oh. clients started leaving. Their stock was trading at $6, and it plummeted below $0.10, cents and the company was closed. I wonder fucking why. Everything's crashing. There's one thing to remember. If you're ever opening a business, doing anything, make sure it's not with your own money. Uh-huh. Lou was the master of that. Lewis, yes. what's going on with your blimps, honey? <laughs> <laughs> They're burning, Mom. It's fine. <laughs> so towards the end of his failed airship career, Lou started taking note of a musical group called New Kids on the Block. One, okay. One of the uh, pioneering third wave of boy bands. Third uh, wave? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the first one was like the Osmonds. Okay. Well, monkeys. Oh, okay. I never thought of it like that. And then the second wave was uh, Jackson Five. Really, that was so this about- goes. This goes way back. Yeah, boy bands are. They've been there. You know. Wait. So, so boy- I, I, I actually, I think what you could call the first boy band is the Beach Boys. Yeah, I can see mm-hmm. that. Yeah. What about the monkeys? Like yeah, the they're monkeys. a boy band. You would like the monkeys. <laughs> so those opposable thumbs. So boy bands and ska are on the same wavelength. Because, <laughs> like, in the 90s, it was third wave ska, you know? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Third wave feminism started in the 90s. Wow. wow. Yeah. So if, you, if you're not familiar with the new kids on the block, that's okay. You're probably better off. But uh, Mark Wahlberg was in it. They had started in 1984 and taken the country by storm. They were wow. selling records and playing arenas. And unfortunately... They were still technically an active band to this day. Really? Yes. What? Yo, I, fu- I fuck with New Kids on the Block, though. Yeah? <laughs> Hangin' it's Tough. A good song, yeah. Hangin' Tough is the heaviest of all boy band songs. You could you, you could throw down to that song if you wanted to. Hmm. <laughs> that we'll sweet to. breakdown? Hangin' Tough is basically an entire song that's a breakdown. Wow. It's just it doesn't have, you know... <laughs> it doesn't have guitar. It doesn't have uh, the story guitar in it, so you don't know. Well, it's yeah, got up on you. Not it's every fu- breakdown needs balls. It's got a fucking mm-hmm. Wahlberg in it. You know, Hot Streets <laughs> of Boston. Donnie, 
Donnie and Marky. How you doing, girls? Would you like to watch me sing with my friends? Do you want me to take off my shirt? <laughs> what of that? God damn it. On top of Lou's fat pants getting a little tighter every time he saw them, he knew he could do it better. Not him personally, but he knew he could manage a group of five boys way better than anyone. In 1992, <laughs> don't know. Yeah, I don't know what to say about. That. Yeah, <laughs> this guy's basically the Dan Schneider of music. I'm actually upset reading this right now. Uh, there's nothing funny in this podcast officially okay. from now on yeah. because no, I'm upset. So Not a understand that. <laughs> so in 1992, with the help of the new kids on the block old manager Johnny Wright, Lou set out on a mission to scout through Orlando's up and coming, kind of generally talented boys. Okay. They just have a pool of generally talented boys. <laughs> I mean, we get more into some talented agencies and stuff, but when, when it's just like, oh, yeah, what are your skills? Well, I look good, and I can hold a tune down, kind of. Oh. And I'll learn the dance moves. Like, I'm not saying that doesn't take talent, but it's, uh, you know, it's very open-ended. Yeah. It could be your headshot that. goes in this folder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a folder that says generally talented in their cabinet somewhere. You know, the one thing I do know about New Kids on the Block is New Kids on the Block had a bunch of hits and that Chinese food makes me personally very ill. Oh I okay. get I get by when girls are fly in the summer. In the summer. Is that another in boy summer. man? What? That, that's LFO. That's Lou yeah. Perlman. Yes. Lou, Lou Perlman, okay. right there. Circle right, of Life. This is more relevant. Keep going, man. So that was uh, so that was a biographical song for Lou. Yeah, it was. It's <laughs> a, it's it's basically Jumanji. <laughs> what? Jesus Christ! <laughs> so after months of searching, he found AJ McLean, Howie Duro, Kevin Richardson, Brian Luttrell, and the uh, teenage bread-faced Florida bro, Nick Carter. He does oh. have a bread face. Yeah, he looks like Peter Bread. <laughs> hmm. So he forms the Backstreet Boys. I mean, like the name Backstreet Boys is kind of like a Peter Pan's boys are just kind of whoring out now because Captain Hook bought their their treehouse. Mm. Oh wow! So just making oh. it work. Okay. <laughs> Horrible name. It, it was supposed it, it, to imply they're kind of like edgy, right? Like they. Like, yeah, it sounds like a gang they, name. They hang out in like alleys and shit. Doing yeah. drug deals, stabbing people. Just just playing with switchblades all day. Tips. Never using it, but just playing with switchblades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at their their look, it was uh, like an implied toughness. There was a duster in every video. Someone oh, was wearing dusters. leather. They had AJ, total style maker. Great wow. stuff. So after some practicing and lose empty hangers for a couple months, they started playing shows at SeaWorld, one of his old clients. Oh. Uh, and they were also playing around malls and parks and little events. And Lou was shopping them around. So he found a record contract at Mercury Records. But just before signing, John Cougar Mellencamp, who was signed to Mercury, threw a hissy fit because he didn't want to be associated with boy bands. Or he was out. Good on him. Good on John Cougar. So their first, their first record deal fell through just because of John Cougar Mellencamp. Salty, salty behavior. Oh, wow. You wouldn't want to sully the legacy of a true artiste like John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> oh, Get man. this riffraff out of here. <laughs> I bring, am John Cougar Mellencamp. Bring Who's, riffraff. Exactly. Who's John bring. Cougar? Oh, you fucking Zoomer. <laughs> <laughs> you lost me. I'll play you some later. Right. You'll Dude, be just, sad and maybe happy. Don't you even know, bother. Don't even bother playing John Mellencamp for him. Just play riffraff. Don't do that. <laughs> Those are not to be confused. Nah. 
Ain't no zoomer with a, a quick draw hat on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. It comes with a pack of Paul Malls. <laughs> so the band signs to Jive Records a few months later and releases their debut album, self-titled The Backstreet Boys. Ooh. Um, then they started a non-stop touring lifestyle. These guys didn't get a break. To be honest with you, the rest is kind of history. I don't really care about the actual boy bands themselves, and I'm not oh, no. going to pretend that this part is interesting, so I'm going to skip ahead in the timeline a bit. All right. <laughs> uh, we're going to go right to sync. Yeah. So Backstreet Boys ah, are on the top of the world. Potatoes. There and, we go. And Lou was looking to double down, and he didn't see much point in stopping with just the Backstreet Boys, so he started the recruitment process over again to form his next project in sync. He found Justin Timberlake and uh, mm. all the other guys. <laughs> uh, wait, hold on. Did they sign something with ramen noodles? Because Justin Timberlake's head is like a pile of ramen noodles. <laughs> no, no. I mean, Do they have a Maruchan, Maruchan fucking sponsorship? I like cup noodles. What I can Fuck say about noodles. this is that Lou Pearlman spent a lot of time at Disney World recruiting these boys. Mm. Um, I don't know if they sell ramen noodles there, but... Yeah, in the Japan part of Epcot. <laughs> <laughs> That's I where forgot they do, Justin yeah. Timberlake. What else do they do in the Japan part of Epcot? Well, it's child abuse. To, br <laughs> to bring your child into Epcot is child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite part. You're a nerd. You're, you're a piece of shit nerd, you know that? <laughs> Dude, it's a big-ass bulb that's silver. What's not to love about it? Yeah, you went to Epcot and just looked at the giant ball, didn't you? <laughs> like, yeah, how did they make it so big for eight hours? Getting all sunburnt and fat. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Excuse me. That was very rude. So, NSYNC's big break came when Backstreet Boys had put down an opportunity to play a, a Disneyland special. NSYNC filled in for this televised spot and became a hit. And this was during the time when um, MTV was doing the music video thing pretty hard again. And uh, they actually developed TRL because of NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Oh, wow. Yeah. I believe it. That makes sense. Disney was able to get a deal with Viacom, and MTV was playing the shit out of this performance uh, that NSYNC did nonstop. Uh, I, for a couple of weeks, and NSYNC just blew up in no time at all. Because girls love it, you know? They love, uh, you know, they saw the edgy boys already with leather. They want to see the guys with, like, sports bands on. Swishy uh, pants. My question is, why is there no I in their name? There's a Y. No, it should be in sync. Like, there should be an I-N-Sync. Mm. Like, they're in sync. Yeah. Not N-Sync. What is N-Sync? I don't know. Vowels are for fucking nerds. <laughs> Fuck vowels. You remember when things were cool when you just put X in it, or like a extra Z or a, a Z? Yeah. yeah, that's pretty sick. Good I feel like straight edge people put an end to that. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> they're like, no, they're like X is ours now. It's not extreme. Yeah, they ruined it with their stupid yeah, let's, vegan let's be turkeys. <laughs> What's a vegan turkey? I don't know. Tofu. It's probably it's probably it's... just a pile of spinach. I just pictured like a Minecraft bird for some reason. <laughs> uh, just tofu, spinach, and a pile into a Minecraft bird. Keep this in mind. We have Lou Perlman who who creates these two boy bands, and he owns them. He straight uh -huh. up owns the two biggest acts in America at the time. This is this is a powerful man. 
he he's already a scam artist on paper. Like the yeah. FBI already is looking at him because of these insurance fraud deals. But I guess he just couldn't get enough. So Lou Pearlman managed to change the country's musical history. The boy band Influx had created album sales that no one had ever seen before. Like I said, TRL was invented uh, based on the success of these two. The stark raving lunatic that was a teenage girl of the 90s and early 2000s had put up numbers so exuberant, so astronomical, that it would forever warp the mind of label execs and radio stations across the country. Well, now, I have a theory about this. Yeah. So. It's going to be hip, hip clips. Because hip yeah, clips no. are a new media. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. This unnatural trend in music sales between Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, with the, the album sales were so high at the time, that when they dropped off, this is when pirating became a problem. Pirating made this issue, or the other way around? So, it's the other way around. Album sales dropped off, but it has less to do with people not buying the album, as it is... There was this giant influx of girls buying CDs nonstop, like never before, like outselling the Beatles and shit like that. So record companies see that, and as soon as these bands, after Buy 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 and all that shit, that's when pirating becomes the problem. Because they want a scapegoat to blame for why their record sales aren't what they were. Can we just blame Metallica? Yeah, why? we can do that too. Because he got all pissed off about Napster. Oh, that, again... <laughs> I never understood why that I mean, was going down. Does this make sense, this theory? Or is it like, or am I not explaining it properly? I get it. It's like, no, it makes sense. Yeah. I did look at a picture of him, and I really just want to play with his gizzard. Like, I want to just flick it back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> it looks, you know, it looks like if you've ever gotten one of those pig toys, you can get in a quarter machine, and you squeeze it, and you see all the liquid. Oh, yeah. Like, you see it all, like, floating around. Like, that's what his, <laughs> his, uh,. <laughs> His neck thing looks like. <laughs> neck thing. I feel like he tied one of those around his head to keep his neck warm. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like a neck brace like Joel Gertner. It just, like, lines into the skin perfectly. Yes. Flesh That paint. is horrific. Hey, hey, Tom, so you've been... I feel like you've been dancing around this question a little bit. You're like, he controls these boys. He's looking for boys. Was he touching boys? Uh, well, I'm not dancing around it. I'm just getting to it later. Oh, okay. Well, that's dancing around it, dude. You're just like... I have, we're, we're, we're taking a casual stroll to the pedophilia. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be some funny stuff in here, i got to say. And when I say funny, just absolutely uh, life-ruining things that happen. Okay. Uh, got it. That type of funny. Yeah. So he took the boys and their families out to dinner all the time. He celebrated their successes. and uh, He was a fun guy to be around, by all accounts. He seemed like a 40-year-old fat kid at this point. <laughs> wow. I'm close. I, I, I got nine more years. Uh. <laughs> Travis, can you start wearing Velcro shoes again? <laughs> Dude, I, you know what? You know what's funny about that is I've, you know, they have LA lights, you know, or whatever. I want like the Spider-Man light up shoes. Velcro. Oh, yeah. Fucking Spider-Man or like Shrek. You know what I mean? Like one of those fucking cool ass. Mix and match them. Yeah. Yeah. Mix and match them. Maybe I'll have the Shrek underwear, have the Spider-Man shoes. It's kind of like how they made those mismatched Jordans where you got like a red and bl red and black one, they got a blue and black one, but it's the same pair. Yeah. Oh, you can yeah. just have that with, with Spider-Man and Shrek. Yeah, the mummy. <laughs> like those bootleg superhero Nin teams you get at the, at the dollar store. Yeah. 1999 mummy on my shoe. <laughs> Jesus Christ. By all accounts, everyone wants to hang out with Lou. 
He was a cool dude, right? We know no, where that goes. We know where that goes. Uh, the bands wanted to be around his extravagant property that he owned. The driveway was covered in Rolls Royces, and wow. uh, the house was actually covered in hidden cameras. <laughs> oh, uh, very hmm. gross. Looking for people. Like security reasons or uh, like bathroom cameras? Yeah. If you're afraid of young men's penises, then yes. Security. <laughs> security, got it. I mean, if they wind up in my home, I'd be like, this doesn't belong here. So I guess it is like something to be afraid of. Yeah. yeah. You, can, you can always pitch that to the security company. You know, selling sell it's just like, hey, look, I got a problem with boy bands. They're, just, <laughs> they're always around. They're, they're like raccoons. <laughs> with their little hands. Hey, whoa! Hey, whoa! What a, don't make these connections here. That's sick. <laughs> Travis only sleeps with raccoons over 18 years old. Oh, my favorite part about the security cameras is that the control room for them was in his bedroom. Yeah. So, mm. so, yeah, so pee- pa- peeping Tom Shack. Yeah. Yeah, Papa so whoever Lou, has you know? whoever That's has creepy. a Nest Cam and they can look at it on their cell phone, gross. <laughs> if, if the viewport is in the bathroom, yes, but I've never dude, seen Dude, you can look at your cell phone anywhere, dude. You could, like, but while have... you're going to get your prostate checked, you could be looking on your cell phone and be like, dude, I'm totally not gay, but, like, uh, uh, the doctor has to do this. Doctor has to do this. I'm looking on my desk. So he'd have pool parties and pizza parties and uh, porno parties with the boys. One of those uh, doesn't belong. Uh, yeah. Porno parties. Yeah, he would invite the boys over for sleepovers and watch pornography it's with fucking them. fucking weird. <laughs> Is it, Mike? You wouldn't go over to uh, uh, your manager's, your 45-year-old manager's porno party? Probably not. <laughs> Why'd you take so long That's to answer I, that? Think about what, it. Is this not just a thing that bros do together? <laughs> yeah, I, you, you gotta be boy band tight to do that with each other, man. Like, I don't, I'm not gonna do that with anyone on, the, on this cast. Mm, yeah. Well, you, you know why you haven't done it, Cody? Because you can't sing. Yeah, that's mm. true. I can't carry it to. I think the no. I think the oh, as friends, the only porn that we've watched together was when our friend Jim found that porn sped up, and it, it was literally <laughs> they just sped up oh, porn, yeah. and it was like a girl oh, doing a blowjob, and it was like. I was like, this is kind of weird, but it's also hilarious. It was that in pterodactyl porn. Yeah, that I'm means a, a lot to young boys our age. Oh god, I love pterodactyl porn. All right, well, I'll save you there. It, Thank it you. is very funny. It's very <laughs> funny, Cody. Thank you. Um, you probably still wouldn't like be like, yo, come all the way to my house, my, to my mansion, to watch this pterodactyl porn. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, we have the internet now. As a group activity, we can like send it. Like porn, there's no. Internet was limited, so you had to huddle for your porn. Like it was, it was like a campfire in a cave. Yeah. So like, yeah, you, you had to go to other houses. Yeah. Or like it's their dad's like porno stash. My friend's uh, dad had like this porno. It was like a what? Cinderella porno. Like it was like a cartoon one. And it was like the weirdest thing I ever <laughs> fucking, saw in my life. Fucking like rags to nothing. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like, why does your dad have this? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, and also like at the time, this is uh, VHSs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just the yeah. just the loading of the arm is just a little it's more a blank DVD. Yeah. Oh, blank uh, VHS. Yeah, yeah, thing, VHS. Yeah. I, you could tell his favorite parts because yeah, those I was were the most say. distorted. <laughs> when you rewound it and played, it would deteriorate the the tape. 
And yeah. you, you could tell, like, oh, here's his favorite part. The credits. Hey, can... <laughs> <laughs> it was like the 12 dwarves or some shit. Banging whatever fucking name was. <laughs> wait, that's... Wait, that's no White. That's not Cinderella. That's a... That makes so much more sense. Because a Cinderella porn, like, how... Because uh, like Cin the whole story of Cinderella is about putting clothes on her, so you would have to reverse engineer <laughs> the fucking show to like make that a porn. But Snow White, there's a million things you can do. It was like a like one of those like old. It was like based around all that stuff. It was like a, a cartoon, like a fantasy bit. cartoon. Yeah, fantasy I just really like your delivery of the um, you know, uh, Seven oh, yeah. Dwarves or whatever the fuck her name was. <laughs> like, yeah, <I'm> shot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, the contracts that the, Lou had the boys sign had taken away most of the rights to their music. On top of his producer fees, he also slotted himself in as the sixth member of each band. What? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I didn't yeah. see many music videos. Well, yeah. <laughs> for what purpose is this done? I think he was the suit that Nick Carter wrote. Uh, was wearing in um, that one song where he's like he's like an animorph. I mean, not an animorph, a fucking uh, transformer guy, and he's like, oh, I'm Nick Carter. Oh, on the spaceship. Yeah, if he. Spaceship? Yeah, yeah. If he he was probably rapping the boys. <laughs> um, the spray. Paint All I can picture is that episode of Doug when they make the song and they're wearing the big suits. Oh, think, think big. big. <laughs> think big. Wow, that was also produced by him. <laughs> I I don't know if that's true. I can imagine this ruining a lot of ladies' childhoods, hearing all this stuff. I kind of feel oh, bad yeah. for the boy bands now. I kind of feel like oh, yeah. a, little, a little soft spot now. Dude, don't feel bad for Justin Timberlake. He's got everything. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, the guy yeah. seems pretty cool. You know, maybe Lou Pearlman touched his penis. We're not up to that point. But, like, he's don't feel bad for him. <laughs> Thank you for contextualizing this. So even though, uh, even though Lou Pearlman probably touched their penis... Uh, there's lots of people who have their penis touched by an awful man uh, end up working in a Walmart and getting hooked on meth. And th these are very different things. Yeah. Yes. If yeah. you're going to have your very penis true. touched, aim high if you're going to have your penis touched. that's It's it's just an obstacle. Life is filled with obstacles. It just happens. And then he made dick in a box. It came full circle. Yeah. You wow. know? That was probably oh, a Lou wow, Pearlman yeah. experience. He was like, hey, yeah. boys, look, I might... have all these boxes. Like <laughs> <laughs> PTSD from it. <laughs> it's fitting that the joke song is, is it's his truth. Wow. Yeah, he cried Straight after the truth. video of that. After the shooting, he's in his trailer just real upset thinking about Every... big old Lou. Everything's <laughs> monochrome as, like, single tears stream down his face. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he takes his big cut, and then he also takes exactly what they're taking on top of it. And... Keep in mind, his cut was huge anyway, so the, him being the sixth member of the band is just a huge slap in the face. Wow. He gave the boys $35 a day as spending money on top of providing a place to live and any other needs they had, food, travel, education, clothing, all that shit. 35 what you, bucks. Yeah. That's, like, remember, like, you always hear, like, oh, Judy Garland wasn't paid anything and had to, like, smoke cigarettes and drink whiskey to, like, keep her voice and, like... The, the acceptable register of recording for the equipment, like, this mm -hmm. is that. Just fast forward a few decades, Jesus fucking Christ. It's a very sick world we live in. I'm glad to be a part of it. Good for podcast <laughs> entertainment. Happened to Toby. 
Tobey Maguire, mm. third Spider-Man. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what he didn't tell them was that on top of like seriously ripping them off in terms of pay, he was charging them retroactively for providing all the nece- uh, necessities that he made them think was provided. So in oh, Sync and Backstreet Boys, their first paychecks they got after years of performing like fucking uh, studio monkeys in front of millions of young girls and pedophiles was 10K. What? Wow. That's not yeah. a lot. It was two years of, of being on number one on the charts, selling out arenas, everything, like the biz- biggest musical acts at the time. 10 grand after two years. That's five grand a year. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's like $4 an hour. <laughs> wow. That is, that's bad. There's a music video where they're all puppets. It's like a really famous music video. <laughs> wow. Dude, it makes sense. Illuminati, Illuminati confirmed. Behind it. I'm actually going to talk about that in a oh, bit. Yeah. Shit. I'm glad you brought that up, Mike. There you go. You, you were there. You have an so, older... I, I remember seeing that video multiple times. The older sister loved it uh, in sync. Yeah, you're, you're a poor right? dad, man. Yeah. That wallet. Just going. <laughs> Every time they came to town. Oh, yeah. Here's one. Uh, so 10 grand. So each of these groups were worth hundreds of millions at this point, but blinded by fame... This cantaloupe shape, this cantaloupe shaped human stymied these young men. Wow. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Who cares? They do. So Brian of the Backstreet Boys, who's honestly the guy who would do it because he's the least assuming of them. That was kind of his role. You know, it was like okay. the sexy one and the hard one, like yeah, you know, whatever it was. He was like the uh, the sleeper. The sh- he was the yeah. blue Blue Ranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Brian, like you know, he's like, "Hey guys, well, let's take Lou to court and get our money." And they're like, "Well, you know, like we might not get a lot of money there, but I'm still getting my dick sucked like all time." So, <laughs> but yeah. he actually pushed the Backstreet Boys to do it, and um, they ended up breaking contract with Lou. And then InSync followed suit. Both bands eventually being able to break out of their contracts. But then Shitty Lou sued NSYNC for $150 million, claiming that due to their contract, he was the band. Oh, that's why he's in there. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm the sixth member. Look at this. Look this contract. I'm, Dirty Lou. I write all the music. I do everything, you know? What an idiot. Wow. What wow, a wow. smart man, but an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. The judge on this case took one look at the five boys on one side of the room, claiming to be in sync. And then took a look on the other side of the room to see a 400-pound balding butterball turkey claiming to be in sync. And he said, I think those four, the five boys are in sync. So they won that case. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. Lou, Lou Perlman could have been all five of them fused together, right? Oh, and, then, yeah. and then when they have to do a music video or a show... They, it, it's like a backwards Power Ranger. He, he like separates. <laughs> oh, a boys. Megazord. Yeah, yeah. It would have been pretty great though if the judge decided that Lou Pearlman was NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys, and then whatever tour obligations they had and shit like that, he had to finish out by himself. Oh, just one man <laughs> showing crowds out. of screaming girls. Yeah, dude, that would have wow. been amazing. He'd be like, I hate screaming <laughs> girls. I love screaming boys. <laughs> <laughs> This is the opposite of what I wanted. I don't want any screaming girls. Gross. Uh, Icky. I don't know if he'd be able to sell it, man. He walks out on stage, the music starts playing, and they're like, that looks like my uncle. Back streets, back, okay. Dun, 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 dun. Hello. So, Mike, uh, No Strings Attached, which ah. is the video you're talking about, is actually ah. their single Bye 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 is a reference to Lou Perlman's contracts. Oh. Because that was right after they left, dude. That's oh, pretty wow. edgy. That makes now. sense now. 
I remember yeah. that video too, and like now I'm like, oh wow, that's actually kind of a cool music video. If you think well, about it. <laughs> I loved it as a kid. I'm not gonna think about it. Shut up. Oh, we're supposed man. to think about things. This is what we do. <coughs> oh, yeah, we're yeah. just think about it. <laughs> okay. Just agree with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Stop that's what I'm that. trying to do. I'm just trying to think, dude. It's hard. While all the boy band shit is happening, Lou buys a talent agency called Options Talent. Their business model went something like this. They would contract young and upcoming models uh, and actors. They would promise to represent them and scout out work for them. All for either a, a monthly fee or a one-time payment, depending on the service. Mm -hmm. Well, the Better Business Bureau started getting phone calls about them. Like, a lot of them. Uh, from a bunch of clients who claimed they had done nothing for them. And the Better Business Bureau actually ended up bringing in the FBI because they saw Lou Perlman's name on it. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it was another, another fraud, plainly. Yeah. So one of the FBI investigations uh, that happened at Options Talent, they went to the office building, and the lead investigator found that the environment was, like, too sanitary. She said that the entire place felt like it was staged, and she was right. The whole place was just a bunch of hired actors pretending to be working there. Oh, wow. Holy crap. Yeah, That's just like a super conspiracy shit. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Big cool job. <laughs> <laughs> I can't you tend to work all day. It's a good job. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. To, like, I've seen how the industry is. It's hard to get work as an actor. So, you know, you just... You put this up on casting networks and be like, listen, I just need you to pretend to be an employee, and that'll be the role of somebody's fucking life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and they'll be like, all right, yeah. all right, what what, um, what do you have? What experience do you have in the past? Oh, I was a temple guard for <laughs> Legends of the Hidden Temple. Legends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like those go hand in hand. Well, now that you bring that up, I feel like Lou Pearlman had a bit of an Omec kind of thing happening. Yeah. Like he's Omec? Yeah. Could be. Dude, Omek. All the time around kids. I mean, was Omek was like? Imagine if you did a crossover with Omek and Alex Mack. That would be what Lou Pearlman is. Oh, hard and soft. Hard and soft. <laughs> it could be. So this turns out to be the tip of the cockberg. Oh no. <laughs> Our lead investigator on the options talent case is starting to see through Lou Pearlman's shit. Wait, hold on, Tom, um, can I stop you here? Where are you talking about these guys' favorite boy band? What about LFO? Where are they? Oh, they come later. Oh, okay, all right. I got, oh, okay. A, I got a good little bit on LFO. Okay, good. I'm just making sure we're not skipping over my favorite boy band. Travis is busting at the seams for <laughs> LFO. <laughs> like, when is it? <laughs> come on. Patience. They came out later. You know that. You remember. Well, yeah, they were Jersey, you know Shore, Jersey Shore Street Urchins. That's redundant. Dude. Every All of those words are redundant. <laughs> yeah, so the investigator looks into the case, and she realizes it's not just ripping off small-time actors and members of the Mickey Mouse Club. The oh. parent company to this all, it looked a little shady, too. So the parent company that Lou had started was Transcontinental Airlines Travel Services Incorporated. That's um, mouthful. But before our lead investigator was able to pursue the case any further after that initial visit... Her superiors at the FBI told her to drop the case. It was an order. This was due to orders given from Charlie Crist, Florida's 44th governor and currently the 13th district representative. He was on Lou Perlman's payroll yeah. and made all the shit that we're going to talk about 
all the horrible things that he's done, uh, he could have he could have avoided all this. Um, so just keep that in mind. You got a guy who's currently a representative, and uh, he just let all this fucking criminal activity slide through the crack for probably about five thousand dollars. Oh wow, representatives, mm. Con- congressional yeah, representatives sounds normal. Goddamn. Uh, Lou wants to grow his wealth further, so he can probably buy like lasagna or shrimp or whatever. <laughs> that's um, important. Yeah, that's important. Dude, lasagna so and shrimp. Well, that's what you invest in. It's like investing in your future. I'm I'm involved in life insurance now, but it's lasagna <laughs> no. and shrimp life insurance. <laughs> Those are not commodities. Those go bad very. Hey, hey, Cody, <laughs> shut up! They don't go bad. Uh, not if you eat them, then they become a part of your body for however long you keep thank it. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. So he, he buys a bunch more businesses, and he buys things that he puts his faith in, like TCBY and Chippendales. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> that is a far reach from those two things. Dude, TCBY Hell yeah. and Chippendales. Does, does Chippendales still exist? I think so, but it's like yeah. more of a traveling act. But also, does TCBY it feels exist? like an 80s thing. I think it is an 80s thing. Now it's just like a traveling circus for Strip men club, right? wearing very small tuxedos. Uh. I guess that's the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's it's going the way vaudeville is going. Like, of course this guy's going to invest in TCBY and Chippendales. Uh, it's so appropriate for a man of uh, his ilk. Boners and ice cream. <laughs> Yeah, so yogurt, he, Travis. Frozen. He yogurt. still wants. He still had a stake in the pop world at this point, um, being the cultural phenomenon and expert crackhead, Aaron Carter. Uh-huh. Uh, that was one he got very young, if you remember. Oh, love the Aaron Carter. Yep. Oh yeah, candy. <laughs> Jimmy Neutron soundtrack, so good. Hmm. Yeah. I remember him being pushed heavily on Nickelodeon. Yeah. They even mm-hmm. they were, would play his album over and over again, and they presented it as if here's this big star that everyone loves. Yeah. And I think that I think that was already the first anyone had heard of him. Yeah. So they kind of did that thing where it's like, oh, this guy's already famous. You just haven't heard of him yet, dude. And people believed oh, it. Oh yeah. He became yeah. famous. He's basically Fake Johnny. News. Basically Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> oh, another classic. <laughs> do, do yourself a favor. Just Google Aaron Carter interviews from recently. He is fucked in his head. He performed oh, yeah. recently in uh, the Revolution on Long Island. Oh, he was there. He was at Revolution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw signs for it. Oh yeah. Did he draw? Was it a good show? Oh, I didn't go. I just saw the poster for it. Word. <laughs> so uh, he's got this stake there, but he wanted to do the pop thing again. So he formed a bunch more bands. He did. He went back to the old routine of doing the scouting, and he formed Take Five. Natural, US5, Smiles, and South Star, C-Note, and his only girl band, Innocence, and then Travis's favorite pick, LFO. LFO! New kids on the block, ate a lot of shrimp, hell yeah, Chinese food's great. No, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) That's our song. What's the the gender ratio here from boy to girl bands? Is it like one? It's one one girl band. One girl band for... Whatever it was, the 12 acts that he put together. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Preferences. Well, he teamed up with MTV to do um, their first boy band reality show called Making the Band, and then created O-Town. I oh, remember that. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, could those guys ever really even sing? I mean, I know JT could. He's JT. 
Yeah. Yeah, they could, they could I mean, they beat all the other generally talented boys, so they had to be able, they had to have some baseline of quality. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yes, exactly that. You had to be able to sing the national anthem. I think that was one he made oh, yeah. you sing a bunch of times. Yeah. All right, so none of these bands had the commercial success that the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC ever had, but Lou, in his own way, came out on top. He was a celebrity in the pop world. Everyone really knew who he was, so he was able to get away with passing off even the worst contracts to his newer acts. So the old contracts were bad, but the new bands he got in, he fucking raped them. Jeez. Like, <laughs> like no money. Wait, like rape them, rape them, or rape them financially? Oh, I'm sorry, I misspoke. No, he he raped later, but um, <laughs> okay, I meant financial okay. rape. Excuse me. Yeah, the that, foreplay. Just checking uh, again, just checking. So he's like Harvey Weinstein of uh, music right now. With boys. Wow, hey, look at that. No, not even because he, like, at this point, there's no literal rape. It's just financial rape. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, he's not He's not touching tips. I mean, maybe he is. Maybe we don't even know. I mean, he, he's he's taking the tips out of the tip jar for the, for the bands. Bands have tip jars, right? So due to the nature of his divorce between his big boy bands and him, uh, he made all the members of the new band sign confidentiality agreements. When one of the members of the band Innocence, his only girl band, confronted him about the agreement, he threatened her. Oh. And uh, reminded her that he had taken out a life insurance policy on her and every other band that he was working with at the time. Oh, oh. shit. Oh. Damn. Just a quick reality check reminder. Like, you might be worth more to me dead. LOL. <laughs> Subtle. I like it. I Jeez. like it. And you're a girl. <laughs> I don't need you. <laughs> yeah. So that wow. worked out really well. Uh, so remember those hidden cameras? Uh, he oh, had yeah. he had tanning beds in his house, and he would show the other boy bands the footage of the Innocence Girls getting no. into the tanning beds. Oh, it's foul. Naked. Oh, uh, damn. Yeah. Come yeah. on, Lou. Hey, right. And this was a mod podge, you know, like right there around legal and not legal. You know, a couple not legal, a couple legal. Who gets lost in the mix? You know, Gee, that's mm. creepy too. Ugh. Yeah. I don't like this. This makes my skin crawl. Oh, uh, Lewis, what are you doing with those cameras, Lewis? I'm keeping everyone secure. Let me t let me tell you about LFO. Let's tell you uh, what's going on. All right. Now, in 2009, Rich Cronin, Rich Cronin, excuse me, from his uh. LFO fame, he was trying to make one last mad dash for fame. So, yeah, he did a tell-all on Howard Stern about Lou being a bit of a molester Maurice, if you would. Uh, to quote Rich, he goes, you could be a star. Take off your shirt. Then he's like, turn around, Cronin. He starts massaging my soldier, uh, uh, shoulders, and he's like... <laughs> my soldier. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, that's a very that, different thing. That made me cringe for a yeah. second. Oh. Yeah, he's massaging my soldier. That. I can't, I can't, can't stop saying it, dude. My soldier. I, I'm done. I'm in a hole of soldiers. Um, well, anyway, either soldiers or shoulders. Um, he asks if he wants to watch Top Gun after that. Uh, <laughs> oh, that fucking scene, oh. though. Um, oh, at, no. at one point, he told Rich that he was working on a big deal with a German label. And in Germany, they're going to want to touch your penis. <laughs> so he suggested that they practice touching. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. got to go go know the right penis touching protocol. You don't. Yeah. 
It's it's like when you have a dummy job interview. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say they stamp your passport yes. and ask you to come around back. Yeah, we have Einhander and Zweihander. Look at Travis with the German there. The idea of like passing off molesting someone as a favor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll help you this out. Like, the you know, they're gonna want to touch your penis. They're gonna so let me do it first. Good looks, good looks. <laughs> oh, oh, well, won't do good in Germany, so let you touch my penis. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he'd sit in on the practice spaces and watch his pet projects dance for hours, and he'd make them take off their shirts and uh, try to give them back rubs. I guess that's what got him off. Uh, None of the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC members ever reported having any issues along these lines, but I could see this as something that Lou uh, let pent up for a while and didn't Uh. really respect the other kids as much because the other guys had him all the money, and these guys weren't pulling in as much money, and he had He's got ten bands going at this point. He's just like, well, I might as well touch him. Well, like like LFO said, New Kids on the Block had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick. What is it? What's the, the deeper? You've done what this. is no? But what is the deeper meaning? I hate this. I hate. What is the deeper it? meaning behind Chinese food makes me sick? It's Lou Pearlman's <laughs> penis makes them physically is- ill. <laughs> The poo-poo platter. Yeah, the poo-poo platter. Ah. Oh, man. God damn it. So, God let's get back into some fraud stuff. Please, Cover, hurry. Covering up boy bands. Uh, Transcontinental Airlines Travel Services Incorporated. Right. This was happening at the same time as the other boy band careers that he started. This was a company he started that stemmed from his helicopter air days. He would provide private airline service to wealthy and famous people. He never owned a plane, though. No. <laughs> he would lease planes and pass them off of his own, as his own. Oh, man. I'm surprised he didn't have blimps. Uh, he was a blimp, you know? <laughs> yeah, as you can imagine, this was not that profitable. It was sustainable. But for Lou, it was a, an image thing. The whole thing was like, I need to have an airline company, because that's what people like. And I don't know who he talks to and why he thought that, but he really needed to own an airline company. It was probably Richard sure. Branson's dad. You know what? My son did a really good job with the airlines. And he likes planes. He always wants to watch Top Gun. Yeah, right. I didn't even think about that connection. Oh, yeah, that's... That definitely ties into that obsession. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't watch it for that volleyball scene at all. (laughs) Well, that's like the best of both worlds. Yeah, right? (laughs) Homoeroticism and aviation. It's all about taking off. (laughs) So he's got the he's got this company. What he decides to do instead of actually trying to get more planes and make money off of it, he goes uh, straight up. Let's make a Ponzi scheme. So oh. he opens up the Transcontinental Airlines Savings Program. He told investors a slew of fake numbers about his airline and forged documents to make it look like the program was FDIC insured. All right, so th- this is crazy. Hold on. So. <laughs> Got it. I'm ready. This fucking guy. Back when he was hanging out with Alan Gross, Alan Gross is one of those guys who loves airplanes. He's like, uh, you know, plain, plain autistic, to be nice. Got you know? it. Yeah. He's autistic. Like, so he's building models and stuff. So he builds a model and then makes the logo for their company, the Transcontinental Airlines. Okay. And he puts it on a plane. And Lou goes, this is fantastic, and brings it to LaGuardia Airport and takes pictures with him holding it in one hand <laughs> over the tarmac. A forced perspective. A, exactly. He does a forced perspective move. He has these pictures 
of a model 747 looking like it's landing on the tarmac and he shows that to investors <laughs> and goes hey this is my up and coming airline company we're doing really well invest in us did they buy it yeah, yes. they same. bought it. <laughs> no. Yes. Oh my God, this yes. baby idiot with his pudgy fucking chicken finger fingers are yeah. fucking showing the planes landing. Wow. Okay. So he's just leaving his fat, greasy fingers out of the photos. And honestly, if I showed you the picture and you didn't know that was the case, you'd probably buy it. I'll I'll have to look this up afterwards. For fuck's sake, I suddenly don't feel bad for the people he's scamming now. Ah, yeah. uh, no, I would. <laughs> I would feel bad. He did a pretty good Dude, job. I, he should have been a photographer. I am so high. <laughs> I'm a plane at LaGuardia. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. Come back. Actually, these pictures, you can find them, but it's in that documentary that Lance Bass put together. Oh, look at him. Yeah, he did a documentary. It's with YouTube. You have to have YouTube Premium to watch it. Uh, so I, damn I got it. the YouTube premium, and there's a lot of really good content in there. So Lance Bass, uh, sh- shout out. Wow. So eventually <laughs> his investors notice that their dividend checks are uh, getting lost in the mail. Oh. Every time an investor would go to Lou's office to try to get statements or withdraw the money, Lou would be out. The other employees would say he was the only person in the office who uh, had the keys to the safe, and they didn't know what was going on. Basically, he was never there. The old he rigmarole. Would, he would sell the deal. He would invite people into his office. He would take their retirement funds and put them in there. <laughs> Basically, the FBI catches wind of this again. And now that uh, fucking stupid-ass Governor Christ is out, they're like, hey, this fat man is doing shit he shouldn't be doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only time the FBI comes down after you. So Lou gets word that the authorities are after him, and he flees the country. He reportedly reportedly had been seen in Israel and Germany and really all over Europe, bopping wow. around. Perlman was arrested in Indonesia, though. A lot of boy, a lot June of boy four- loving in Indonesia, I hear. Yeah, <laughs> you racist. No, I'm not. That's like a thing. A lot of people go there because <laughs> there's like really loose laws on age and yeah, it's kind of weird Dude. there. And you you know all of this. Muay Thai lady boys. Yeah, well, you know. It just happens, man. They hang out. He gets caught in Indonesia in June 14th, 2007, when two agents that had a tip about him being there were Uh out getting breakfast, and they saw him in the same place. So they weren't even on the job yet. It was some X-Files shit where it was just like, oh, that's our man. Eating breakfast for six hours. <laughs> I would be so pissed if, like, my work, like, if I if I was having brunch and my work, like, walked in, I'm like, oh fuck, yeah, I gotta I gotta put down this avocado toast and arrest a fat man. You, you know? would. Well, these were, you know, like these are FBI agents. They're probably taking care of themselves. So it was just like cottage cheese on a goddamn cantaloupe. <laughs> Terrible uh, way to live. So, when they caught him, he had less than $15,000 in the bank. What? Uh, really? Hmm. Dubious. So, let's talk about damages. Please. The, the Transcontinental Savings Pro- Program ended up costing 2,100 separate investors $250 million. What? <sighs> yeah. Now, these investors were not venture capitalists with a shit ton of money to throw around. These were people with retirement funds. That we're looking to make, God damn, like it. decent gains on them. Oh Jeez. my god! So 
he also racked up another $25 million in bank fraud. So using these fake companies, he was able to get loans for things that were never even going to make money to begin with. And he had wow. no intention of paying back. So half a billion dollars in, in private citizens' money just fucking gone. That's fucking nuts. His court case was not that lengthy as uh, he ended up trying to make a plea bargain. So he had to plead, guilt, plead guilty. And then after that, he very openly claimed that this was all a mistake and he was innocent. Ah, okay. Mm. Uh, Judge G. Kendall Sharp had offered him one month out of his sentence for each million he paid back to investors. He never paid a dime back. Mm. Oh. He had no problem asking the judge for internet and phone access for two days a week so he can continue managing bands. That uh-huh. was um, quickly rejected. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> judge knows what he's doing. Is that Judge yeah. Judy, by the way? Because he doesn't take any shit. Sharp. <laughs> well, maybe she, she, maybe she took a little shit when you weren't. <laughs> you know what? I always thought it was funny they film Judge Judy in like California, but she's got the New York flags in her ju- in her courtroom. Wait, she is. Yeah, in no, they, they, she really? lives. She's been living in California for the past like decade. But on the show, they put New this. York yeah. flags up because she's such a New Yorker. What up? What if right? <laughs> Yeah, right. I think definitely we're a talking judge about Perlman. <laughs> I love oh. this. We're, we're talking about how Perlman bilked like <laughs> built like millions of dollars, and then we're just like, oh fuck, Judge Judy. Well, she's she pretend New Yorking. <laughs> well, she has, yeah, like, she also fake. has nothing to do with this Dude, like, <laughs> New York stolen valor is a way bigger. Absolutely. Crime. Oh 100%. yeah, yeah. Cody, why don't you ask me how he's dead? Uh, what is the cause of death on our boy? So in 2010, while in prison, Lou suffered a stroke that began a downward spiral uh, of his health that would result in several cardiovascular infections. In August ni- on August 19th, 2016, he had a heart attack that did him in. He was in the oh. hospital at the time to undergo a heart valve surgery, but I suppose none of the operating staff uh, were rushing to fix this piece of shit. <laughs> makes, makes sense. It's like that Japanese dude from The Office. What was I, his deal? Oh, you know, there was like like this fucking... I don't want to quote it because I'm going to do it shitty. Okay. But they have him in like this Japanese accent talking about how he did an operation on the Yakuza boss. Oh. And, yeah, 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 and then like Yakuza boss died, and it turns out he did it on purpose. I remember I, that. It's way better if you hear it yourself than have me explain it to you. <laughs> If you haven't picked this up in the hour and a half recording with us, this entire podcast is shitty. So we do <laughs> shitty impressions. I just imagine what was, was so that was perfectly. What fine. was Lou's last words? I'm just imagining it was probably like Husa or Yusa. No, it was bye bye bye. Well, that was a song that did him in, really. Yeah, probably bye bye. I think Chai. I think there was a lot of people in the music industry that knew the deal. You, you know yeah. what I mean? And like they knew that reference that they were making in Bye 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 and no strings attached, i.e. no contract that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is, a, but, uh, you know. this is a trash beast, pretty much. Yeah. How, how heavy is this man? At, I don't know. At the time of his death, do we... Oh, I don't, I don't know his actual weight, but just I'm, I'm north sure of 300. Wait, what's his build weight? You know, I should have looked that up with the amount of fat jokes I made. <laughs> how much do you think he <laughs> could lift? That up. 
Dude, he probably—I mean, he could lift a pen. Got he could probably lift a. He could lift, he probably all lift of a boy. <laughs> a boy. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say yeah. all of NSYNC. He definitely uh, lifted that one LFO guy. We know that. Wow. Unless he made that up to to besmirch this kind fat man. <laughs> maybe you just like give him massages. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yo, well, that, that's all how right, it well, all started that... because he was he was trying to apply for a job at Hand and Stone. Got this is like a this is like a Hitler story, you know. He was trying to work at Hand and Stone, got rejected totally. He's like, guess what? The master race is boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I, I don't know how to retort here. No, there's nothing to say. I mean, I mean, if. If he did just become a successful aviator, none of this would have happened, right? Yeah. I don't think yeah. he ever had plans to. Also, we have a friend who flies planes, like uh, little little single engine planes, and um, Lou was too big. Yeah, he's told me you got you got to be under. Yeah. I think it was like you know you got to be under three twenty if you want to get one of these little nineteen yeah. dude sons of a bitch. So my weight is stone cold three sixteen. I'm not joking. That's like my literal weight is three sixteen. Um, and I took me up on his plane, our friend, and you know he's he's a small guy. Like, I mean, he's a big guy, but like he doesn't weigh that much. And he's well, you just you have to remember this is an audio podcast, so you just said he's a small guy, but he's a big guy. Whatever, dude. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying I'm a large man. And he's like, I don't, he's I don't know, wiry. I don't know if I can get you up off the ground. But he like we did it anyway. <laughs> likes to take risks. <laughs> And dude, we we fucking like we were touching treetops coming off of that fucking runway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Luke Perlman, he can't fly planes. Maybe a blimp, dude. Well, I think he was attracted to blimp because it just goes. <laughs> yeah, <up>. right. <laughs> yeah, and if it doesn't, if it's not working, then it's just not gonna go up. <laughs> you don't have to worry about building speed. Yeah, it's just gonna go where yeah, it's gonna yeah. go. Exactly. It's a force of nature. Wow. I, 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 like doing this research, I can't believe that this guy lived during our lifetime. This sounds like such a oh, yeah. crazy, like. <sighs> yeah, like this feels like one of those books you read that's like some old timey robber baron millionaire telling you how to get rich. Yeah. And like these are the stories he tells you. Yeah, for sure. He's like, it's definitely like, I feel like being this kind of a con man is just like a product of a bygone era. You don't see that shit anymore. No, yeah. To this, like, at least not in this way. Unless if you're that guy that invented kombucha. No. We're not bringing <laughs> Dude, him up Dude, I'm anymore. gonna keep bringing him up because he's so weird. <laughs> he's so weird, and he, he he's like, Dude, the mother. Like, uh, mother brain. I invented it. No. <laughs> Have you seen those videos, Justin? Oh, dude, no. check them out. Go on. It's like, it's a Forbes video. He's actually well, the guy. Who he's the guy kombucha. that invented yeah. kombucha commercially. Oh, I got you. He, he's he's like the engineer of the yeah. Like track, he went to basically. India, found out what kombucha was, and then he bottled it or like canned it or whatever. Dude's fucking weird. Well, he's like a mannequin just walking around. Oh yeah. god. Like I know I'm toplit right now from your perspective, but like imagine my eyes were sunk <laughs> in another three four feet. Like you know that's what was going yeah. on with this guy's head. How's that possible? You'll figure it out. Oh, my God. All right. So, look, that's the end of Lou Perlman, the episode. Thank God. Uh, Justin, thanks for joining us, dude. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Thank thanks you. for having me. 
Where can we find you, Justin? Just you could find me on YouTube. Just look up Wang. I'll be there. Nice. Uh, or Twitch.tv slash Justin Wang. I've been streaming a lot more recently. Oh, cool. Premium Rush. Hell yeah. All right, and uh, yeah, our stuff. Uh, Google it. Cause yeah. tired of saying it. Don't want to <laughs> say no more. You can look me up. No, Just no, no. You can see me at Travis Legion on xnxx.com. No, don't give that website traffic. Why? And then, uh, yeah, well, the only thing we care about, we have a Patreon. So you do the patreon.com slash roastmortemcast and uh, give us your money right now. <laughs> Please and thank you. We'd love you forever. Or else. Yeah. Uh, and as a special bonus for this episode, I enlisted the help oh, yes. of my buddy Hazen Cruz to write a song uh, Hazen with Cruz. me. Hazen Good Cruz. Guy. Yeah. We collabed on a piece. So here it is, and goodbye, everyone. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Shane. Sometimes you get that feeling like you just gotta scam some people. Yeah, there's a hunger inside for an entire buffet. Salt the earth, cause I could eat it all. Don't care if you're retiring or if you're 15. By the end, I'll have you by. Yeah.